Welcome to Today's Homeowner with Danny Lipford, your partner in home improvement. Everyone has questions about their home. We've got the answers, and we have a few laughs along the way. Informative, entertaining, and sometimes off the wall. Home improvement has never been this much fun. Welcome back to Hour 2 of this Best of Today's Homeowner Radio. I am not Danny or Joe. I'm Corey Wilson, Today's Homeowner Radio producer and engineer. We want to welcome you into the second hour, and boy, do we have a great show lined up for you. Danny and Joe are off this week and next celebrating the holidays with their family, and we wish you a very merry holiday season. Without ado, let's get right back to the best of today's Home on Radio. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, get right to Chuck. Chuck is on the line right now. Chuck, uh, welcome to the show. How can we help you? Well, thank you very much for taking my call. Certainly. Um, when you talk about declutter, please don't mention that in front of my wife. <laughs> <laughs> she is just sure that I accumulate stuff left and right. <laughs> hey, Chuck, you realize you notice that Danny and I are not mentioning it in front of yeah, our wife. Yeah, we're not mentioning it either. <laughs> yeah, we we understand. <laughs> <laughs> thanks uh, again. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in just outside of Mobile, Alabama, in Fairhope, Alabama. Okay. And my problem doesn't stem from down here, but actually about 1,200 miles north of here in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Okay. My sister and brother-in-law have a hundred uh, house that was built around 1900. It's a three-story brick house, beautiful house, with a huge basement. But as my brother-in-law says, the, uh, the house is built on a sand pile. And consequently, what's happened in recent months with all the rain they've had up there, the water is literally running right through the walls, coming up through the floor. And the two sump pumps they have just can't accommodate all of the water that is accumulating. And we have called um, a couple of different people. Uh, the one that's most uh, uh, known down here is AFS, the foundation people, and asked the question of them. And also, they, they referred me to a basement company up in the um, the Milwaukee area. They weren't able to help. But the times I called, uh, they were still having problem with water running through the walls and up through the floor. My question is this, now that the rain has subsided and uh, we have kind of a dry condition, is there something we can do to treat the walls in this ancient house from the inside? Is there some sort of a spray? Is there something we can roll on to make the, the, the walls on the floor basically waterproof? Okay. Because the house is so old, there's no way to get to it from the outside. Certainly. Well, um, we certainly hate uh, that they're having problems like that. And it's, uh, you know, you, you want to think something has happened. If it was dry in the past and then it became, started uh, becoming a problem, then, you know, some settling possibly, maybe some, uh, uh, one of the things you they really need to watch very carefully is the surface water that, um, and being able to divert that water wherever possible with gutters and extensions on the downspouts so that you're moving that water away from the foundation so that it won't find its way in. Also, a lot of times uh, people will do a little landscaping here and, you know, it's, it's a nice pretty flower bed, but they've created a dam that water is forced against the wall there. Um, And a lot of times, if it's a severe situation, doing anything inside the walls and so forth will only have a marginal success on that. But um, uh, one of the things that we've recommended a lot is to clean the walls very thoroughly with trisodium phosphate, or commonly called TSP, and you just clean it really well with that. Then you come back with two coats of a waterproof, and one I've used an awful lot is Drylock from UGL. Drylock. 
and uh, you put one, and it's a latex base, so it's fairly easy to work with. But you do need to make sure you have plenty of ventilation when it's being applied. But the thing about it is you put the two coats of that on and then wait for the next rain. A lot of times what that will do is it will really pinpoint, if it if it's not successful in um, solving all of the water problems, it will certainly drastically reduce it and maybe pinpoint exactly where the problem is. We were trying to uh, analyze what you're talking about. The The problem is the house sits right on Green Bay, maybe 150 feet from the water, and there's a slight slope from the house down. But above them, there's a river that runs about a mile and a half away, and ho- houses on the other side of the main highway are experiencing the same problem with, uh, with the water coming in. Uh, some pumps were built in. At, at the time the houses were built, and, and of course they've been replaced, but um, everybody's experiencing the same, same sort of a problem. And I understand what you're saying about a shifting that probably has happened with a house that was built around 1900, but uh, there hasn't been any remodeling done. There's been no gardens that have been added. Uh, it's just a condition that has existed, but the rain has increased so much in recent years and recent months that it's just been been soggy down there. Well, I'll tell you, you know, with with a situation like that, it's, um, you know, most likely others are pursuing engineers to look at it or pursuing, you know, ways to to solve that problem. And, uh, boy, I would be knocking on some doors, calling some neighbors, checking around because uh, that that water level and that saturation in the soil is really a tough one that will require um, work and excavating around the perimeter of the basement in order to waterproof it out that. I'd, I'd hate to see you have to go through that, but many times times that's the case thank you for listening to this best of today's homeowner radio and boy do we have a treat here's another simple solution from our buddy joe truini guys take it away well we have just a few minutes left in this week's show the show always goes so fast because we have so much fun and we try to cover so much information but right now is the time for my buddy joe truini to shine with his simple solutions shine joe shine <laughs> the shine okay <laughs> I'll be right back. Um, okay, Danny, here's a way. Most people know that the inside of a sink cabinet, typically a kitchen sink cabinet, but any sink cabinet, the floor of the cabinet is highly susceptible to damage caused by an occasional water leak or condensation dripping from a sweaty pipe. And the easiest way to protect the floor, some people try like you know drying it out and painting it, and that offers some protection, but here's a better way. Get a sheet of vinyl flooring, resilient flooring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can use the peel and stick tiles, which are easier to install, but then you end up with still all those seams between the tiles and water can leak through. So I prefer to use sheet vinyl. And you can get like a remnant piece really affordably, or if you went to a flooring place, they probably have scraps they could sell you because you wouldn't need even a big sink cabinet. It's probably not more than two or three feet by four feet wide, five feet wide. But what you do is just put it down, cut it to fit tightly around the floor of the cabinet, a little flooring adhesive around the perimeter. You don't have to do the whole thing just around the perimeter and glue it down and then put a little bit of caulk around it and two in case there is a leak, it doesn't run off the flooring. And that's it. That makes it first really easy to clean and it protects it from any water leaks because that water, if it sits there, it will rot out the bottom of that cabinet, which is typically just masonite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. Uh, the cleanability of it there makes it a lot easier even if you have sealed wood or painted wood. Sure. Your washability factor there fades after a little bit. Yeah. 
just sliding things in and out. I noticed on ours before I did this, just sliding, you know, bottles and we have a basket in there, has a bunch of sponges, just sliding that in and out, wore the paint off and the raw masonite was showing, basically begging you to pour water on it so it could absorb it and get all warped and bent out of shape. And and I'll tell you, one of the things I love and I'm putting in my house in the um, vanities as well as underneath the kitchen sink is a rollout tray, a tray that's only about two inches deep Right. And uh, no center, no center style on it. Right. And that way, you open it up and you just pull that tray right out. And oh, it's even got yeah. extenders on it, so you know you can see the. And you're looking at every single thing you have in there. Now, of course, you have to um, be be strategic when you have all of the P trap and the water lines and so right, forth. Right. You know, yeah. so like the big, the taller bottles go over on the left side, and the shorter exactly. ones go in the middle. Yeah. That, that yeah, type yeah. of thing. So. Well, it's always the, the P trap's always going to be a way of something, but the, you, can, you can work around it. There's, mm-hmm. it. It's surprising once you clear it out and you look inside a sink cabinet. There's a lot of room in there, even with a garbage disposal. Sure. And one of the things I'm trying to do with the trash, the rollout trash thing, is um, I'm I'm finding this little thing that when you push the trash drawer in, it locks. It 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 kind of. Um, cocks it almost and then right. you have a small pedal that when you walk up you hit the pedal and it and huh. it springs out you know yeah be kind of cool you yeah. know like sharon walking by push it boom knock her in the <laughs> side there be, you know have some fun like that yeah. i caught up with thomas boning our director of digital content this week and this is his favorite christmas song okay so my favorite christmas song is it's beginning to look a lot like christmas by Perry Como. Growing up, we always had that record on, and it's not Christmas to me without Como. Thank you for listening to this Best Of, today's Homona Radio Show. During this busy time of the year, we still want to hear from you, so please send us an email anytime at todayshomeowner.com slash ask, or give us a call at 1-800-946-4420. Thanks so much for listening to Today's Homeowner Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Today's Homeowner Radio. Here are Danny and Joe. Welcome back to the best of Today's Homeowner Radio. As always, you can reach out to us by phone by calling us at 1-800-946-4420. That's 1-800-946-4420. Or you can send us an email by going to todayshomeowner.com slash ask. Let's get right back to best of segment. Happy holidays to you. Hope you're having or anticipating a wonderful Christmas, and I hope the uh, details aren't bogging you down a little bit. Enjoy every minute of it. That's what it's all about, getting family and friends together and really uh, remembering the reason for the season. I'm Danny Lifford, along with my buddy Joe Truini. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much, and I echo Danny's wishes for a happy and healthy holiday season. You know, it's a great time of year to be with family and friends and sit back, relax, but it doesn't mean you can't... uh, Talk about your house or maybe plan some things, even if you're not working on it. Although a lot of people have this time of the year off, Danny, so maybe it's a good time to be working on your house. But either way, if you have a question about your home, get in touch with us. We'll see if we can help you out today. I'm looking forward to the Christmas casserole. I don't know where that started in our family, oh, really? but Sharon prepares this great casserole, puts it in the refrigerator, and then first person up, you you push the 400 
on the 400 preheat, and right. you and you put that in, and then by the time we get through with presents and so forth, and we're we're, we're you could hear the the spoons hitting the plate. You know, it's just uh, it is, is the just, casserole always the same ingredients? Yeah, uh-huh. I mean it's kind of a breakfast kind of casserole. Oh, you know, I see. Yeah, eggs yeah. and sausage and different oh, things like great. that in it. It's a it's a nice tradition. Yeah, it's a perfect way. It it uh, rarely lasts till noon because you know it's it's a big well, you, thing. You pass but, out by eleven, don't yeah, you? By, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's one of the things I do enjoy just taking it easy all day long and just not uh not really doing a whole lot and it's funny you know I always hope for good uh reasonable weather you know where it's right. not raining I always I don't know why I always think about the little kids and their bicycles you know that if it's raining of course they're going to get out there and ride the darn things whether it's raining or snowing or whatever but you want them to have a decent day that they can get out and and uh, be able to uh, ride their new bikes Oh, hey, I grew up in Connecticut, and there was nothing more exciting and more frustrating than getting a brand-new bike for yeah. Christmas. Yeah. I was so excited. Now, wait a minute. I'm going to have to wait till March to ride this right. thing? Oh, well, that's <laughs> now true. what? Oh, wow. <laughs> like, oh, all right. Well, that is pretty bad. I guess it'll stay new-looking for a few months. And, you know, after you're uh, married for a while, um, you know, the presents start to be very, very practical. And I was kidding. Y'all, sure. didn't, y'all didn't believe me that my wife wanted, a couple years ago, wanted a vacuum cleaner for Christmas. That's right. Now, this was a um, cordless underwater vacuum cleaner for cleaning out the fountains in the pool and that type of thing. Right. But now she's come back and said she wants another vacuum cleaner for Christmas, which we've already secured. Um, but one of the, you know, the uh, Roombas or a type of Roomba. Now, these, right, now yeah. you know, these these are pretty cool. You know, they go around. I mean, of course, you see the like things. robotic vacuums. Yeah, right? you know, they go around and they do all of this. But now when they recharge and they go back to the charging station, they empty themselves. It empties out. It's like a cat. Yeah, yeah, exactly, like a little cat. As a matter of fact, you see all the videos where the cats <laughs> ride around on them. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if um, uh, my wife's cat Charlie Purr will uh, ride around on it. That should be. I'm going to see if yeah. Gus would ride around. Yeah, well, Gus definitely yeah. would ride around on it and laugh and giggle and everything else, but. Hey, let's get to business here, and we appreciate all the great calls that we've gotten on the Today's Homeowner Hotline. Encourage you to do the same, 800-946-4420. Let's see if we can tackle a few of those calls right now. We have a small sinkhole in our driveway. It started out, I have a flag in there to keep people from running over it, and it started, the flag started out about 14 inches high, and now it's about 2 inches high, so it's an active sinkhole, and we want to know how to how to repair it or how to go about taking care of it. Okay. Well, it is kind of mysterious when you have things like that. So often it'll be some type of organic matter like an old root or maybe some uh, junk that was just buried under there. Um, that happens from time to time. And as it uh, rots and deteriorates, it starts sinking down. That could be one cause of it. Another cause could be, though, at when it rains, that water is um, somehow... Uh, tracking and getting under the driveway, and it starts eroding, and that can cause the sinkhole effect as well. I'll tell you what I would do. Just take any of the loose uh, surface of the driveway out, and then I would pour rocks down in there. Now, you can buy bags of crushed limestone. You can buy gravel. You can buy get anything that's really small and hard like that and just pour it in there and then tamp it. Just try to pack it down in there and see what happens. And uh, go ahead and surface it out. Go right up 
to the surface. And, um, you know, you can always take a end of a four by four if you don't have an actual hand tamp and just pack it and pack it and pack it. Give it a, a few weeks or a month or so and see what happens from there. Uh, you may find that you'll be able to reach the bottom of that by adding a little more, packing it out. Then you can um, patch uh, and, and didn't mention whether it was an asphalt or concrete, but either way, you can patch that after you've stabilized um, the actual material. Hi, Danny and Joe. I'm hoping you can help me out with our water pressure. We aren't getting a strong flow at all. The water just kind of trickles out. Um, we have well water and we have a pressure tank, but it's still just trickling. And we've already checked for clogs and buildup, but can't find anything. So what do we do? Any suggestions? Thank you. Okay, well, you're very welcome. Uh, first, um, you know, I mean, you should call in a professional, first of all, and have them check. But let's assume that the pump is working fine and the pressure tank is working fine. They're pretty reliable, so um, it might not be that. But they, the pressure tank typically has a gauge on it, which can be checked. Um, but in any case, assuming the pump and the tank are fine, the problem might simply be a buildup of the sediment. I found this with our well system here at, where I live here in Connecticut. And if the, so if the water coming into the house contains enough dirt or sand or something like that, it'll eventually plug up and clog faucets and washing machines and any other uh, water supplying appliance. And two best ways to prevent them, and I did both of these at my house and it's worked great. I, I did these maybe five or six years ago and haven't had a problem since, is put in a sediment filter and put a sand separator on the pump. So you'd have to have a contractor come out, he'd pull the pump, put on a sand separator, which is essentially just a sleeve, a plastic sleeve, and that keeps some of the sand from, or most of the sand from getting into the pump to begin with. And then the, the inline um, sediment filter, which we would put in the house, very close to where water is entering the house, and that will catch any remaining sediment, and that you can just flush out and clean. So that, that's what I'd recommend. Calling with a question regarding storing uh, gasoline, especially in a generator. Thank you very much. All right. Well, um, it's just like any any um, lawnmower or any uh, gasoline-powered uh, engine of any kind. You really don't want gasoline to sit in there for very long. Now, uh, this is a unique question because it's a generator, so you want it to be ready to go uh, when the need arises, but you still really don't want that um, fuel to stay in there unless you put a fuel stabilizer in it. But Joe and I are always of the opinion on these type of things. It's much better that it be completely dry. And uh, so that means just run it until, you know, pull whatever you can out of the tank. till it's out of gas. Yeah, and then go ahead and run it until it's completely out of gas. That way there's no condensation. There's none of that water that will form inside the, uh, the gas tank, uh, which is terrible for an engine, uh, many, many reasons. Uh, so that's the best way to do it. And, uh, Joe, you know, we're talking about, uh, I don't know what made me think of this, but um, we're talking about um, some tips about if you're changing a toilet, one of the challenges is to get all of the water out of it before sure. you disconnect it so that you're not spilling it all over. And uh, so, uh, I remember, I think it was you or somebody was talking about using, I think it's called a, what is it, a turkey baster? Is that what it's called? There is a yeah. thing called a turkey baster. Yeah, yeah, that you you can, you know, squeeze the, the bulb the, on it and it'll right, pull it yeah. out. Like, And I think about that when you have a small amount of liquid, like a small amount of gasoline in a tank, that that could be one that you could use. You know, yeah. I mean, you don't want to use it on the, you know, turkey later on. But, um, you know. Well, if you're using it in your toilet, you don't want to use it on the turkey later on either. <laughs> exactly. That's why I never have turkey at Danny's house. <laughs> so, so pulling that out. So that's a pretty good way of, um, of eliminating that type of thing. There's always a valve under the gas tank on 
on a generator. Just close that, and that prevents gas from going down through the fuel system and everything else, which can you know clog up the carburetor and everything else. You you know turn it on, run the engine, and close that valve, and it'll eventually just run out of gas. That's just in the line, not in the tank. That's another good way. Uh huh. Exactly. Thank you so much for listening to a, the today's homeowner radio. This is the best of. Radio show today, Danny and Joe are off spending time with their family this holiday season, and we hope you are enjoying your family this holiday season as well. Don't go anywhere. We have a lot more in store for you on this Best of Today's Homeowner Radio. We'll be right back. Today's Homeowner Radio. Here are Danny and Joe. Welcome back to Today's Homeowner Radio. This is a best of episode today. I'm Corey Wilson, engineer and producer for Today's Homeowner Radio. And this week, I caught up with Brad Rogers, our director of photography, and asked him what is his favorite Christmas memory. My favorite recent Christmas memory is with my little boy. Um, he, uh, at the time, his, fir- his first Christmas morning, he wasn't quite one. He was about 11 months old. And uh, we decorated the living room and made it look all Christmassy and all that stuff. You know, you got all the toys and the, inside the tent, his new tent and all of this really went out and made it look really cool, we thought. And uh, he's only 11 months old, so we didn't expect any reaction. But of course, you got the video. We got the camera off to the side, so we're recording the whole thing. And uh, he, he walked into the room and I remember he he stopped short of all of his all of his stuff, and he he kind of uh, he stopped and he, and he looked at everything. And he pointed, and he kind of let out this excited shriek, and uh, his eyes lit up, and he uh, went charging for the toys. And I just something about that memory of seeing him like actually realize, I, I don't know that just that 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 sense of joy in his eyes, and it kind of made everything worth it. All the the work getting uh, set up for that and everything, but um, yeah, I just I, I occasionally go back to that that video and and, and watch it because it just makes me smile. It's a good memory. I wanted to share a few of them with you here. This came from uh, Jim down in um, Palm Harbor, Florida. Um, and he says, "This is not a question, but a tip." I do my own landscaping, and I almost always will nick an irrigation PVC pipe on the half-inch pipe you can use flexible three-quarter inch pipe to patch it. Okay, think about that. Now, how would you do that? The three-quarter inch pipe, you cut it to length and you splice it, you know, lengthwise. So you cut it into like two halves lengthwise? Right. So, so, so we're cutting. Uh, so, so, all right, let, let me paraphrase a bit. So you have a nick in the line where you're, you're shoveling or whatever, and you happen to right. hit it, and it leaks out water in your irrigation. So now to cut that out, to cut that nick out, let's say you have to cut an inch of that pipe out, then you're having to do a lot of digging on, uh, to the left and to the right to get that pipe flexible enough to pull it up and to put the what will usually end up being two couplings with a sleeve of pipe uh, to squeeze it back down in there. And it's really a lot harder than it should be. But what Jim's saying is use a piece of three-quarter inch pipe, cut it a little bit longer than what you actually need, then you cut it lengthwise so that it will bend and slip over the right, damaged right. area, and then you can slide it down a bit, 
put your PVC glue all around it, slide it back in place, let it dry for a little bit, and the leak is solved. I just think that's pretty darn brilliant. Yeah, it is pretty good. Yeah, well, he obviously is nicking pipes on a regular basis, so he must have tried this a few times and discovered it does work. But yeah, you're right, because otherwise you have to dig up quite a bit of yard in order to access, um, get enough space to access and mm. cut out that, yeah, exactly. that uh, damaged area. Yep. Hey, here's another one that came in through Facebook. Um, BJ uh, Statler says, we have a humidifier, not a dehumidifier, a humidifier, which we turn on when the heater gets turned on for the winter. It's made a big difference in our house plants and how they weather the colder season. So, oh. you know, because there's a lot of areas in the country that when you're, you, you know, you're using your heat now and people talk about how it dries their skin out and how they so um, again uh, you know one of my f- favorite um, instruments in all the world is a hygrometer, hygrometer. so you have a hygrometer and uh, that will tell you exactly what the relative humidity is in your home and that way you can tell when it's time to use a, a humidity um, a humidifier because we talk a lot about lowering your humidity relative humidity in your house to below 50 percent well the same goes for having too little humidity in your home. You'll want to raise it back up with a humidifier. So, BJ, I appreciate that, and uh, I can understand that does make a big, big difference. Yeah, and the other reason this might make a lot of sense for houseplants, Danny, is because often in the winter we put our houseplants near the windows, right, so they get some daylight. But what else is located near windows in most houses? Right. The heat. Yeah, exactly. Right? The baseboard the heat heater, right heat register is typically near the window because uh-huh. that's the coldest spot in the room. Boy, that's a good one. I, I can hear light bulbs going off all over America right now with people going, <laughs> that's, why, that's what's wrong with my ficus tree. <laughs> I love, I, <laughs> Where'd you come up with ficus tree? Old, that's, I don't know. That's the only <laughs> name of plant I think I know for the inside. So, <laughs> so hey, um, we also get uh, a lot of people that call the hotline again, 800-946-4420, and they'll leave us a tip there. Here's one. I appreciate the uh, hints for cleaning rust that your callers had called in about off of tools. But once um, once they're clean, it does really well to uh, rub them with the oil, like a, even a vegetable oil. That's always worked for me. Okay, thank you. Hey, well, thank you for letting us know that. And that that's, and that's absolutely true. That's yeah, right. it, it is true and readily available. You might not have motor oil all the time around your house and so forth, but uh, boy, just going into the cupboard and uh, grabbing some vegetable oil right next to our um, five-gallon bucket of uh, vinegar that we keep there. <laughs> Actually, that, that reminded me of another tip, another tip that's supposed to work. Um, if you take a, a pot, and you fill it with sand, and you pour old motor oil in there. Then uh-huh. you take your yeah. garden spades and just store them in there. You stick them in there when you're not using them. And I guess, you know, the, the, the they stay dry because the sand sucks away the moisture, and the oil, you know, keeps them lubricated so they don't rust. And, and I tell you, you know, when you use a shovel, you know, people generally do not clean those well enough. I was looking, never. looking in my um, my shop there at my new house and uh, where someone had, you know, gone out. And, and, and I mean, the shovel is just so, uh, it just crusted up with all kinds of clay and that type of thing. And when you get a new shovel or your shovels that you have right now, it is well worth taking just a little bit of time and sharpening those. And I'll tell you one time, um, I, I was uh, had a helper that was helping me with something, and I, I said, look, I need to sharpen this uh, the, these shovels and everything before you guys start working on it. Cause I'm, <laughs> you know. And uh, so I said, go get me a belt sander. 
And uh, he goes, what are you, what are you going to sharpen the thing with? I said, a belt sander. Go get it. I'll show you. And I put my glasses, safety glasses on and held that down, had had him hold it down on the thing. And just, man, you go along there with that belt sander. And yeah. you can just, in a very controlled fashion, you can sharpen that thing up just as much as you want. And if you have any rust on it, go ahead and knock all of that rust off, you know, sure. fairly easy. If you have anything on a wooden handle that you need to do, you can do all of that. I mean, I'm talking seconds that that right. thing is ready to go. Yeah, and you probably need at least an 80-grit, maybe even 60-grit um, belt on it. You're listening to this Best Of Today's Homeowner Radio. Thank you so much for joining us this busy holiday season. We hope that you are having a wonderful time with your family as Danny and Joe are off this weekend spending time with theirs. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to today's Homeowner Radio. Here are Danny and Joe. No, I'm not Danny or Joe. I'm Corey Wilson, today's homeowner, engineer, and producer for the radio show. Welcome back to this best of episode of today's Homeowner Radio. I want to let you know that you can follow us on your favorite podcasting app to get caught up on any past today's Homeowner Radio shows. You can also listen to our daily tips for today's homeowner and hear our weekly Ask Danny episodes. So be sure to follow us on any of your favorite podcasting apps by searching at Today's Homeowner Podcast. Now, let's get back to the best of Today's Homeowner Radio. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. We're having a lot of fun with our Christmas show here, talking about a few traditions and a few things here and there. I, I wanted to uh, tell everybody about this uh, idea that a good friend of mine, Paul Spring, shared with me. Um, Paul Spring used to be the editor of the Today's Homeowner magazine when it was a magazine. And uh, he told me a cool little story that I kind of grabbed in is now a tradition around my home. So you get up Christmas morning. Most people are opening their gifts on Christmas morning. You're tearing those gifts up, and they're just, they don't last long a lot of times. And the kids are all around tinkering with all of their new gifts that they have. Well, there's always one more gift that I have hidden pretty discreetly under the tree. And from that gift is a string that goes under the rug, over to the door, out the window, and <laughs> and it takes off and goes out all around. So I get up early in the morning, and it goes out all around the outside of the house, in the shrubs, all over. As the kids get older, I get a little more adventurous with it. And, of course, they're probably now are going to be looking for that string. Because, right. You now know, you can never not have the string. Right. It, I know it. In the past, you know, that they would, they would go, you know, they, they wouldn't know what I was talking about. But uh, they're getting pretty savvy, especially uh, last year. They would just hold the string and they would pull it as if the string was going to go somewhere. And <laughs> like they, then they just would reel in it, the gift. <laughs> and they go around the corner. They're just little gifts, you know, just little right. things like you would put in the stocking. Right. And then they keep going. And then, of course, you know, the, I have the three grandkids and they're, they're waddling along there and going to the next one and the next one. It's just a little something extra, just a little something when they think, okay, that's all the presents I've gotten. And they're, you know, sitting down and the whole living rooms full of wrapping paper and so forth, uh, which, by the way, I I don't like someone going around and picking up the the, the, the wrapping paper right away. Let's let's oh, let's okay. relish in this chaos for just a little bit. 
And but usually my wife will grab the garbage bag and start stuffing things through there. Wait, 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 wait. Let's get. Yeah, give me five I think more the world's. Minutes. I think the world's divided into those two camps. One I is just so leave too. the paper all around, and some people immediately, you know, have a bag you know, or a box there. Throw it. Well, right you don't want it to catch you on fire or anything, but uh, and you don't want to lose <laughs> well, anything no, in it. But not. still, yeah. I like the chaos. But anyway, if you're if you have um, some some young kids, and and of course, um, I, I, I'll bet that um, as they get older, they may be teenagers and more, and will still be looking right. for that string. You know. Yeah. Because you, yeah. you you raise the bar a little bit in the quality of the gifts as you go along, but uh, I always thought that was a a lot of fun. I've got to um, I've got to get my go go find my string out in my right. shop and uh, and get ready for all the presents. So this is one string that they just follow the string, and then at the very end, wherever it ends, there's right. a little gift. Okay. Well, all along the way though, too. You know, there are little like, gifts? Yeah, little gifts. You oh, know, it'll, I missed it'll, that it'll, part. It'll tuck oh, okay. into, say, um, in the little area beside the fireplace, and there will be three oh. gifts right there. And oh, then great. it goes over here. And, yeah. you know, just like I say, anything from little snacks to little toys to that kind of thing. And then at the end, um, sometimes right. uh, I'll, um, I'll have some change, you know, like a right. bunch of quarters. Because it's yeah. like, fine, you know, the, the, the pot of gold at the end of the string, you know. Exactly. <laughs> well, the great thing about being in South Alabama is you can run it inside and outside. That's right, yeah. Right? Yeah, you can go all the way down to the boathouse and back. And yeah, right. I can see how that would be really well, fun. Well, um, our, our friend Paul Spring used to run it through windows and right. out onto the um, roof which you wouldn't let the kids get on the roof, but they would have to follow it. Then they'd run outside and see right. the string coming down the roof. And so he got oh, pretty, crea- yeah. pretty creative on it. I think I'm up to 300 foot of string right now. Wow. So that'll keep them occupied for a little while. Well, if you run it along the edge of the roof while the kids are up there, they can clean the gutters for you. Well, so that's what I was thinking. That. I was thinking yeah. give them some little gloves and maybe a leaf blower. Take a little, little, <laughs> little leaf blower. So. Yeah, give I, Gus I think, a leaf blower. That sounds like a really good I, idea. I think he would really like that because we gave him a, a small... Um, lawnmower you know um, right. a fake lawnmower you know right. uh, yeah. a couple of years ago and he wore that thing out he thought that was the <laughs> greatest thing i said this is encouraging this is good that's you right they're of, going in the right direction a lot of grass out there this week i caught up with scott gardner our creative director and writer for today's homeowner television and asked him what is his favorite holiday tradition um my favorite christmas tradition is our christmas dinner so the first year we stayed home with our kids we didn't go to the grandparents house on christmas day we um, we asked the kids, hey, set your own tradition. What do you guys want to have for Christmas dinner? My oldest, who was at about at the time about five or six, said, ooh, Daddy, I want you to make barbecue. Will you make ribs for Christmas dinner? It was 70 degrees on Christmas Day that year. Made sense. I smoked ribs. We had them in the backyard. We've had barbecue for Christmas every year since for the last 24 years. Thank you for listening to the best of today's homeowner radio. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to today's homeowner radio. Here are Danny and Joe. Welcome back to this Best of Today's Homeowner Radio. Thank you so much for joining us this busy holiday weekend. We hope you are having a wonderful weekend with you and your family. It's time for our Simple Solution segment. Danny, Joe, it's all yours. And welcome back to the show. Our One of our um, most anticipated parts of the show each week is when Joe shares yet another Simple Solution. What do you have, Joe? 
All right, Danny, if you ever notice that your sink faucets are suddenly experiencing what appears to be low pressure, or maybe the water is just spurting or dribbling out instead of coming out the way it ordinarily does, it might be simply because the aerator is clogged. The aerator is that little device on the end of the faucet that mixes air with water so that it doesn't just come out as a solid column of water. And to clean the aerator, just twist it off. Sometimes you have to use a pair of pliers, but ordinarily you can just twist it off by hand, then then you can turn it upside down, turn the aerator upside down, and flush it out with water. Now, be careful any parts don't fall out and go down into the sink drain, but in any case, you just flush it out. If it comes out really clean, that's all you need to do, put it back in. You'll probably see some little grits, like maybe a little piece of sand come out. But if you've seen any mineral deposits, deposits, take the aerator and soak it in vinegar, white vinegar, overnight. Then flush it out and put it back in. It'll be as good as new. Oh, pretty good. Great idea. And, and that, that happens all the time. You'll be surprised the deposits that you have that um, will build up on both kitchen and bathroom faucets. And But be careful when you're putting pliers on the aerator right. that, yeah. um, you know, you can put a piece of cloth on it and just carefully don't squeeze it too hard because you don't want to, you know, squeeze it, you know, um, and make it um, out of shape and so forth. But it, they'll, they'll, they'll come off pretty easy. And Joe, also, if it's really bad, I guess the vinegar um, comes into play on that as yeah, well. Yeah, right. You could, you could just just put uh, vinegar in like a small plastic bag and drape it over, kind of slip it over and then over the faucet and tie it off. And this way you can just let it soak right in place, right on. That works with shower heads as well, by the way. Okay. All right. Great. All right, Danny, I've got a quick trivia question for you. Okay. What is the first known human hand tool? What's the first tool humans ever made? Uh, a plunge router. <laughs> You're right. They didn't have electricity, so it took a lot of power to force that through. The first <laughs> known, the first known human hand tool. Um, I don't know. You always see the old cavemen uh, with with rocks in their hand, and then they put wood and wrap it around there with a. Uh, I don't know. I started to say shoestring. I guess it'd be a, a vine. <laughs> they didn't have shoes. Or some duct tape. I don't know. Well, that I, was actually, that's actually the second tool. You're very close to the answer. The second tool is a, a rock, um, and the term was hafting, was a, a rock lashed to a stick uh-huh. to make a sort of a hammer. But it was a rock. You know, they took a rock and they'd take two rocks and smash them together and it'd break off or flint off a little piece of rock and it's super sharp. If you did that today, you'd be surprised. You get a piece of rock that's, and if you do try this, be sure to wear safety glasses. Yeah. They didn't have safety glasses. A lot of cavemen walked around with patches over one eye. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, that's what they'd strike one rock with another and a piece would break off and it would be razor sharp and they'd use that to um, ordinarily cut through hide of animals and, mm-hmm. you know, and cut pretty much anything else. And then they got to where they could lash it to a stick and that was a second tool, which would be either a hammer or a Axe or whatever it would be with the rock on the end. Well, so I'm there gonna you go. do that. I'm on. I'm on. Find me a couple go rocks and rock. throw them in my in my toolbox. There. That's a, that's a pretty good one there. I wasn't sure where you were going. I certainly thought it was a plunge router, but <laughs> well, I, I was a big fan of the Flintstone, so I thought it might have been the the <laughs> woolly mammoth vacuum cleaner. Yeah, I that was there the you go. <laughs> I caught up with Jacob Scarborough, our producer for today's Homeowner Television, and checking in with Chelsea, and asked him what was his favorite Christmas tradition. My favorite Christmas tradition slash memory is when my sister and I were kids, uh, on Christmas Eve, my dad would make a big pot of wassail, which if you don't know what that is, is basically hot spiced apple cider, and it's delicious. Uh, and then we'd all sit together as a family and read a book called Cosmic Christmas by Max Lucado. Now, as we've gotten older, my dad still makes wassail. Uh, we haven't read the book in a while, but my little nephew was just born recently, so as he gets older, we hope to uh, continue that tradition with him 
and uh, make it a nice, happy family memory for him moving forward. You're listening to the best of today's Simone Radio. This is it for the show today. We want to say thank you so much for listening. Happy holidays, and we'll see you next week.